Welcome to the future of XYZ. I'm your host, Lisa Grelnick, principal and founder of LVG & Co., an independent strategy consultancy based in New York City. Through quick and candid conversations with innovative leaders, we aim to foster new thinking and explore big questions about where we are as a world and where we're going. Hello and welcome to the future of XYZ. This week is a really important topic, especially for Americans. Uh, with us to talk about the future of paid leave is my friend, Molly Day. Molly, welcome to the Future of XYZ. Thank you, Lisa. It's great to be here. Thanks so much for joining us. I know it's a very busy schedule right now. Molly is the executive director at PLUS. That is P-L, the symbol PLUS, and U-S, which is a movement to win paid family leave by 2022, which is why it's extremely busy time for Molly. Molly is also the former chief strategy officer at Lyft. Lyft, she spent seven years there, is a nonprofit that empowers families to break the cycle of poverty. She was an intern for Barack Obama when he was the senator from Illinois, which is pretty rad, I must say, um, on military and veteran affairs, uh, and also an intern at the Department of State, while she was getting her bachelor's in science in social policy and education from Northwestern University in Chicago. So Molly, again, thanks for joining us. Yeah. No, happy to be here. Love that intern shout out. Those were fun times. <laughs> I, I mean, it's, it's very few people that get to say something so cool. So, you know. It was, it was a cool time to be there. <laughs> it has to be there. So yeah. um, I think the first question for anyone listening, um, what is paid leave? Yeah, it's a great question and oftentimes a wonky term. So when we talk about paid leave, we're talking about comprehensive paid family and medical leave. So that includes three pieces. The first is parental leave. So this is what folks oftentimes think about. This is time to welcome a new child into your family. The second thing paid leave is, is caregiving leave. So this could be time to care for a family member, maybe a family member who's ill or a family member who is near death um, and that care space. The third part is also really important, which is personal medical leave. So if you have a surgery, if you had an illness, it's time to take care of yourself. So when we talk about paid leave at PLUS, it's about inclusive and comprehensive paid leave for all those moments in life where all of us are going to need at some point to either give or receive care from someone else. So that's that's it's really important. And I, I guess the question it begs is what is the, you know, kind of what is our current state of paid leave right now in America? I mean, I know personally, I've heard from friends, you know, maternity leave is what we talk a lot about. We talk about you know, parental leave. When I was at Chobani, there was a huge initiative. Obviously, it was quite radical because it was paid parental leave, whether you were fostering or adopting. And it was also for the hourly workers in the factory, which was very, very progressive. But what is the current state of paid leave overall in America right now? Uh, the current state of paid leave is fairly dire as compared to uh, the global context. So um, the U.S. is one of the few remaining countries on earth um, there are three others that do not have any form of paid family leave. So oftentimes we'll say of industrialized countries, no, it's just on earth. We are in, we have the distinction of being one of four who do not have paid leave. And wow. yeah, it's, it's pretty striking. And, you know, in the context of this country, we have about 113 million people who don't have a single day of paid leave. Um, That's that like means, one in three Americans. It's yeah. 
Um, it's very few. And we see those who do have paid leave are oftentimes folks in white collar jobs, people with high income careers. And you know, the same, the same inequities we see across gender, race, and income show up in who does and doesn't have paid leave in the US. So um, you know, only 38% of black working people have access to paid leave, 27% of Latinos. And actually looking at, and this was important in the context of COVID, um, of lowest wage working people, 92% of them had not a single day of paid leave. And when you think about who our essential workers were during COVID, who they are today, those are the folks who don't have any time off um, and who are also putting their lives really on the front line. Wow. I mean, those are those that I have chills. Those, I mean, I, I knew it was dire, but those statistics are really damning uh, in a system, as you say, where people are putting their lives on the line. But also, you know, I, I don't know how this plays into mental health, but if you have that pressure of knowing that you can't get sick, that your family cannot get sick, I mean, the mental toll that that takes on you as well, I can imagine dub, kind of doubles and triples down. Yeah. I mean, it, fundamentally, the lack of paid leave means that you put people in the position of making the decision between their paycheck and paying their bills or their loved ones. Mm -hmm. And I think if we think about our own lives and where we would like to draw the line, I think most, most folks in this country would say, I want to be there in the most important moments that matter. Um, and I don't want to carry that weight of thinking about, can I keep the lights on? Can I keep food on the table? But that's just the sheer fact for so many Americans who can access paid leave. So. It's, um, it's, it's very stark in that context. So I want to just step back from America for a second, because those, those numbers are damning. I mean, one of four countries globally who has no form. But of course, there are countries that are really extreme. I mean, I've spent a lot of time in Europe, which you know has much more of a socialist model, one would say by you know ideological yeah. terms, mm -hmm. which is basically you pay for it through a combination of government funds, employer funds, and I'm, I'm assuming worker pays some kind of tax that goes into this. I mean, people always joke that you pay such high taxes in like France, for instance, but of course the burden of my tax burden in when I was in France versus now is actually about 5%, especially in New York City tax when you add it in. Right. <laughs> and what I'm getting for it feels like a whole bunch less, especially when it comes to the opportunity to take care of myself and my family. So, I mean, how bad are we besides just not having anything? How bad are we or how good is the best model that we could hope to achieve? It's a great question and it's making me smile. I'm thinking about when I took um, paid leave for my daughter's birth, there were a couple other moms in the mom group from Canada and they just took every, every opportunity to remind us of how much better their program was a year, a year of paid leave, no problem. Um, I think the best country, um, if I'm correct, is Sweden with about 480 days of paid leave and um, both parents, and I want to also be like gender inclusive here, everybody, regardless of your gender identity, gets to participate. Um, the other thing I think is kind of interesting when we think about the US still having this battle uh, here in 2021 is that the actual earliest policies introducing the idea of leave um, arose in Germany in the 1880s. Now, 
those were um, gender regressive policies, but it was really in the 1990s we saw a wave um, with OECD countries, so a lot of you know European nations, other large countries who introduced job protected paid leave um, and then expanded it not only to women for parental leave, but also to men. So I think the average now in these countries is about 18 weeks um, for women after you know the birth of a child. And then for fathers, the average is eight weeks. Uh, now, again, that's not the inclusive paid leave, but countries have different approaches. But just to give you a sense, it's fairly standard play um, in many other industrialized countries that you have um, a minimum of eight weeks paid leave and then up to more than a year. I mean, there's so many things that come to mind. My, my friend in Germany, whose job is secure for three years, you know, after, after she leaves for a year and the yeah. forced, you know, exit before the baby's birth. And these are just, as you say, maternity. Right. I have a friend in Japan, of course, who's, who the paternity is being incentivized for a bonus because they want to create inequality among the gendered roles in the traditional family structure. I mean, the, this feels so much more advanced, right? Mm -hmm. You're incentivizing different behavior among gender um, versus even just a basic question of, do we have this on offer? Right. And I mean, it's one paid leave is one of these magical policies that has so much data behind it that demonstrates its value. So you have paid leave, you instantly reduce infant mortality rates. Who wants to have a high infant mortality? You reduce infant mortality rates, you lower maternal depression, you boost gender equity with men having access to paid leave uh, that strengthens families. Um, reducing paid gender gaps. And I think one important element too that's getting more traction in the US is the impact for businesses because historically business has been, big business has been the opposition to passing paid leave in America. And um, we've got a lot of data that just shows that's um, it's a silly argument for businesses to be making because when businesses offer paid leave, they increase retention, worker productivity, and actually bottom line, um, so they're more profitable. Uh, so it's really. <laughs> um, it, it seems like a win-win-win yes. kind of situation. Yeah. So, so let's talk about this. I mean, you are obviously on the cusp of what well, you've been pushing. I mean, you've been at Plus now for a, a bit, a, a year and a half or so. I can't recall. Yep. That's right. Um, I mean, tell me about what's happening at Plus and 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 what's you know kind of the state of play of paid leave in the U.S. Mm -hmm. now. Yeah. Well, um, PLUS has been around since 2016 and really was focused on um, helping win more Americans paid leave um, with major corporations, shape the public narrative, and then advance public policy. And I think um, in the context of the last year and a global pandemic, uh, it has helped make the invisible visible. So the way that our um, caregiving systems are so broken in this country, so many Americans who had not experienced that face-to-face um, -face were forced to as things shut down. I know we lost childcare in our family and you have to figure out what do you do with all of, without these structures of support that again, so many Americans did not have in the first place. Uh, but I think COVID um, was helpful in um, kind of opening the aperture for, um, for members of Congress as well, as they've heard from their constituents that you know, if I had paid leave, 
especially for women, I would have been able to stay employed. And now we're looking at about 2 million women who've left the workforce as a result of um, COVID this last year of losing employment or being forced out of the workforce because of caregiving challenges. So I think um, COVID has helped accelerate the pace um, and the possibility of passage of paid leave this year. So um, last year we saw for the first time ever, Congress passed emergency paid leave legislation, which was incredible. It offered up to 10 weeks of paid leave for parents who were dealing with school closures. Um, but permanence not enough, and we can't just offer it in the middle of a pandemic. Um, so what we uh, saw at the end of April was a really exciting moment. So um, President Biden introduced for the first time ever from a US president, um, a proposal to uh, create a national paid leave program. So that's where, that's where we are now. And now the fight's really turning to Congress to say, how do we make the argument um, for paid leave, because as much as COVID has helped um, accelerate this fight, there's still a lot of entrenched opposition um, to passing paid leave in this country. So I want to talk about that opposition because you raised a whole slew of data points that point. Uh, of course, we always have our biases when we're on one side of a, a, an argument or another. However, the fact that we are one in four countries around the world who have zero paid leave, you know, whether it's parental, you know, or family leave or medical, much yeah. less the fact, of course, that you've just pointed to all these added positive benefits that statistically show up, including the bottom line and profitability for businesses. Mm -hmm. Where is the opposition coming from and, and how after a year of such obvious need is that they're a leg to stand on? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, now, I think the key opposition arguments that we typically hear, or for example, there was a hearing this week um, in the House Ways and Means Committee, and we heard Republicans really arguing against a national paid leave program. They want a program that really incentivizes employers to, through tax credits, to offer paid leave. They want to provide businesses with flexibility and not impose any additional costs. Now, on the first, the first part of that argument, I would love to incentivize businesses to provide paid leave, but I think this is the country we've been living in for the last many years. Like we've already seen how anemic the pace has been for employers to offer paid leave. And again, it's only to the highest wage workers. Um, on the, on the um, impact and cost of businesses, I think one of the really interesting things the Biden administration has done is the proposal they have on the table actually does not cost um, small businesses or big businesses a dime. Um, it is, um, we do have paid leave in nine states in this country and some of them run it through a payroll tax. So there is, there is a, a tax burden um, yep. on the employee and the employer, but um, the, the Biden proposal would have the cost of this program come from um, uh, capital gains and also from greater enforcement of the IRS. So it would actually be a pot of money. And you know, I think in the context of economic recovery right now, everyone's concerned about small businesses. I certainly am on the streets of Brooklyn seeing who's had to close down, but um, we know that paid leave, having paid leave actually helps small businesses stay afloat. And now through the proposal that we see, 
small businesses actually wouldn't even have to pay into that to be able to have their employees access um, that benefit. That's that's pretty amazing. And and again, I, I just want to, I don't mean to harp on this and be dumb about it, but like we are talking not just about maternity leave for new moms. We are not just talking about paternity leave, you know, gender neutral, neutral but like a new baby or an elder in the family, right? We are also talking about if I get ill or I have a surgery and like what what portion of my salary I can access. Mm -hmm. So in some of these countries, you, you mentioned Sweden before. I mean, I think, you know, my friend in Germany, right? I mean, there's a tiering depending on the length of time that you're out. If you get 100% of your salary, 80%, 70%, 50%, whatever, every country seems to be different. What are we looking at if you think about those small businesses? Are we talking about people get 100% of salary? What, what, are, what are the details in, in this? Yeah. Um, so what we, um, what the Biden proposal um, included, and this is part of the American Families Plan, is um, 12 weeks of paid leave for parental, caregiving, and personal, although it'll be phased in over a 10-year period, so we won't start there. Uh, we'll see how it's phased. Uh, details are forthcoming. <laughs> um, and then uh, and then it will have partial wage replacement. So um, I think what the average will be is around two-thirds of a worker's average weekly wages. Um, but one thing that we love about this is that um, it would actually rise to 80% of wages um, for some of the lowest wage workers, which really matters. If you're making minimum wage and you're only getting two thirds of that paycheck, you're not gonna take paid leave, you can't afford to. Um, so I think that was the progressive wage replacement is important. And then again, just equitable leave for all parents, um, a broad definition of chosen family. And um, one other cool thing with the Biden proposal is they also expanded the definition to include um, survivors of domestic violence if you need to take time um, to move through that moment in your life and then also um, for military deployment. So uh, I think those are two other um, expanded definitions that are really meaningful um, for people who need to have time to take care of themselves and their family. Absolutely. And it certainly seems very human. I think that's, I think that's the part of paid leave that always strikes me is it's so inhuman, you know, to think of ourselves as machines who should just keep being productive. Mm -hmm. And to your point about businesses, you know, there's a solid business case, but it's been anemic in the way that companies have rolled it out when it's been a choice. And I think as we think about anything that's social, you know, impact slash sustainability related, the younger generations who are coming up into the workforce, certainly millennials, in which I know you are one, but also Gen Z and, and, and soon the alphas, you know, the next 10 years you're talking about, I mean, they're going to be all in. This is not going to land, I don't think, right? Mm -hmm. um, so it's interesting to imagine, in my opinion, you know, kind of where the turn of the tide is, because so much of what you're describing seems inhuman that we don't have something on offer already. Yeah, absolutely. And I, you know, it, it's actually a really important part of the debate right now to ensure that policymakers on capital are paying attention is paid family and medical leave is a really wonky term, and you can get really tied up in the details of the policy. But I think when we've, when we see the greatest impact in our work is about bringing forward the stories of real people and the moments in their lives when they've needed to take leave. And I mean, the difference we're talking about, I would just even share my own brief story, which is when I was a kid, 
both of my parents actually went through cancer and neither of them had paid leave in their, from their employers, certainly not the state of Idaho where we lived, but they had benevolent employers who made the time and space for my father to care for my mother as she went through cancer, to care for us, keep our lives feeling as normal as possible. And we also had an extended family that had financial means to help buttress us while my parents were unable to continue collecting a paycheck. And I just think about how different my experience would have been if as a young child, I was seeing my parents sweat paying for the bills versus seeing the love and care and the space we were able to create um, for our family, you know, as we went through losing both of them. So it just like, I can't imagine, or. I can't imagine. And I think about what that is like for um, people day in and day out in those moments and how we care for each other and our communities. And I just hope that that's one of the upsides of COVID is seeing more of the humanity in um, in each other. Um, and oh, I, Molly, I thank you for sharing that. It's so touching. And I, I mean, your parents must be so incredibly proud of the work that you're doing now. Um, it, it seems meant meant to be. Um, right. I mean, it was, it was predestined somehow that you'd end up in this situation really starting to change the world for so many. I I do hope that it passes. I mean, what, I I think the last thing I'll ask as we wrap up is, you know, this is obviously the, the, the family, the American families plan is, is going to Congress. Um, we are looking towards, you know, a hopefully decision, I would say by end of year, maybe beginning of next year. What can people watching or listening to this do to, to, to support Plus's, you know, actions and, and, and anything else that you'd like to leave listeners with? Yes, thank you. We need as many voices as possible um, calling and emailing their mem- your member of Congress. I know it seems simple, but it actually matters. Uh, we need members of Congress hearing that people want paid leave. You can go to paidleave.us sign up and we will help you um, activate at key moments with easy scripts and easy ways to reach um, your members of Congress. We also need people to share your story. So um, we are, every time we speak with a member of Congress, every time we develop a new creative ad, we need people to share their stories about why it matters to them. And then the other um, the other constituency, I'd, I'd really call it our business leaders. So as a business leader, a small business owner, Um, having your voice elevated on Capitol Hill is really critical. Back in March, PLUS launched a a letter of 250 businesses that signed on to support paid family and medical leave. And we're bringing everybody um, virtually to Capitol Hill the week of June 21st to advocate. So if you are a business owner, a business leader, and you're interested in using your voice to advocate for this policy and for your employees, um, please reach out. Uh, again, paidleave.us. We would love to have you involved and, um, and serving as an advocate for paid leave. That's amazing. Well, that's in just a few weeks time. It seems like a perfect summer solstice opportunity to, 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 to broaden the aperture of, of what we are capable of in this country and what we provide to our citizens um, it's, and our workers. It's amazing. Molly, thank you so much for joining us on Future of XYZ today. It's a fascinating and very important conversation and great work that you're doing. I, I'm, I'm pretty odd, even though I was odd before we even did this. So thank you. Thanks, Lisa. It is always so fun to talk to you and I really appreciate the conversation.
Absolutely. And for everyone listening or watching, if you don't already subscribe to Future of XYZ, make sure you do. We're on YouTube. Uh, and everywhere you get podcasts from Spotify and Apple to Amazon and beyond. And of course, you can follow us on Instagram at Future of XYZ. We will look forward to seeing you next week. Thanks again, Molly. Thanks, Lisa. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Future of XYZ. If you like what you've been hearing, please follow Lisa Grelnick on LinkedIn. Visit future-of.xyz or subscribe to the Future of XYZ podcast on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your podcasts.